I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Lorna Lyons. Lorna is a positive psychology coach and business strategist and is the founder of the Mumboss Network. During our chat, we talked about how positive psychology has changed the way Lorna lives her life and how she now lives her life by design. I hope you enjoy. Lorna, you're very welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here, Sandra. So I have known you for the best part of a year now, uh, but for any of our listeners that are not familiar with you and the work that you do, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? Sure. Okay. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for inviting me along here. I'm delighted to be on this podcast with you and talking about all things about minding your mind. Um, But my name is Lorna Lyons. I'm a positive psychology and business strategist. And essentially, I help women, primarily mums, build and grow their businesses online at home so that they can be more flexible around their families. Um, I'm also an ex-teacher, so ex-public sector, and I was teaching up until a year and a half ago now. I think I left my teaching job in February 2021. Is that right? Oh my God, the years are just like creeping up at me. Um, Ex-teacher and I'm a mum of three kids, so they're age nine, seven and five. Fantastic. And you mentioned there that you're a positive psychology coach. And I suppose I've seen a lot of the work that you do in helping mums to create that kind of better work-life balance and the flexibility um, as well. And why is it important to you, I suppose, from a positive psychology um, aspect, why is that important for having that flexibility and that work-life balance? Well, I think what I love about positive psychology, first and foremost, is the fact that you get to be proactive about your mental health and your well-being and your work-life balance and all of that kind of stuff and I think when I got into positive psychology I didn't really know what it was that I was getting into and it was only through the the masters that I was doing and all the coaching that I was receiving myself that I created this vacuum this space in my own life to be able to reflect on how much of myself I had let go of and I found it such an enlightening process going through that myself that when I came out the other side of it, I had all these sort of renewed ways and tools and strategies to be able to mind and nurture myself first and foremost, and then see the ripple effect that that was having on my husband and on my kids. And I just felt like, oh my God, I need to shout this from the rooftops because women just don't know how to mind themselves. We just, we fall into a pattern that society tells us that we have to be a certain way. Like, you know, the transition to motherhood, what does a good mum mean? And how does it mean that you have to behave and act in order to be a good mum? So for me, when I went through that journey myself and I started learning all these tools and strategies, it just became really, really important for me to be able to share with other women that, you know, you can actually take the calendar down off the wall and schedule in some time for yourself. And you don't have to be the sort of sideline pitch mom all of the time. So, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And I think you touched on it there. There is this almost societal pressure on women to be the carer of other people but not necessarily the carer of themselves. And I think that's that's one of the things I want to highlight with this podcast as well, that it's okay to have self-care and it's okay to take the time for yourself and 
to, I suppose, nurture, like what you were saying there, nurture that time and nurture your own mental well-being. And yes, you obviously you're going to look after your children, you're going to look after your household and everything, but it's so important to actually look after yourself. And I, I can definitely resonate with a lot of what you're saying there is that like, I suppose we're not taught it either. And it's something I learned kind of the hard way. Um, I suppose I've mentioned that before on my mental health struggles. And I think it's brilliant that you are helping women to do this um, while also working and nurturing their businesses and, and all the rest of it. And why did that become important to you to help women to nurture both their businesses and themselves? Well, I, cause that again was another journey. I think we all just go on such a journey, Sandra, but I suppose the, 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 that vacuum of space that I was talking about when I was being taught all these amazing tools in positive psychology and learning about the fact that, you know, you could be proactive about your wellness instead of waiting for a time for you to become ill and then be reactive in terms of looking after it. I realized during that time that I was not happy where I was in my teaching job. It was not serving me anymore. It had served me for over a decade of my life, but now I've found myself in a space where I was like, I actually, it's not lighting me up anymore and I deserve happiness. And I'm actually really important in this family unit that we have here. So what can I do for myself in order to make a happier life for myself? So I started going down the road of, you know, looking into courses, decided to set up my own business, become an entrepreneur, completely all new to me at 39, coming up 40 years of age. And it was through the building of that business and um, that I had this fire lit inside my belly that I can only remember having, I suppose, pre-kids in my early 20s when I'd come out of college. And I was really ambitious and really driven and motivated and hungry and really excited about my job. And so when I started building this business, I was like, oh, my God, I love the job that I was doing. I was first and foremost working with um, uh, pregnant and postpartum women. So I was doing positive psychology coaching with them um, and I loved the work that I was doing but what I really loved for me was the building of the business I love how it lit me up I loved the brain power that was happening I was using my mind again I had to wear so many different hats learn all about finance marketing sales all of the stuff and um, and so then I became really passionate about helping other women who were just like me be able to leave their jobs so that they could be, build businesses from home and sort of ignite that passion inside them but whilst doing that I think I was really lucky because I was I was building up my business from a positive psychology framework so I got to do all these exercises where I grounded myself and what are my core values you know what's really really important for me what do I want my life to look like what does a flourishing life look like and so I created my business off a framework of what I wanted it to look like rather than what I thought I should do next what I thought I needed to do next, all those kind of pressurizing things that I could see lots of women around me um, acting in the same way. So I think that bridge for me was like, okay, how can I help women leave their jobs so that they could set up a business that lit a fire in their belly that they were passionate about, but to do it in a way that looked after their well-being at the same time? Yeah, and I know you talk about life by design um, a lot on your Instagram and you've shared a lot of your values in that sense. And core values, we've spoke, I spoke about this on episode two of the podcast with Jennifer Davy as well. And it is amazing when you identify what your core values are and you can then start living a life in alignment with them. And like you said, you, it, it kind of stops you falling into the shoulds. Um, you know, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it's more of a, 
I want to do this. I don't want to do that. And um, I think that's fantastic that you're helping women to do that um, with their own businesses as well. So can you tell us more about your life by design? Um, Because I know it's something you're very passionate about. Yeah, sure. Life by design for me, I guess it's a complete 180 from the life that I had before. So the life that I had before was three small kids, get up in the morning, rush around the house, somersault across myself, trying to get myself dressed, trying to put my makeup on, trying to get myself out the door, try and get the kids up out of bed, get their clothes on them, get the lunch bags packed, get the teeth brushed, all of the stuff and getting them out the door. And I was just, the only way I can describe it, Sandra, is I was just never the best version of myself. And I used to be somersaulting out the door, get the kids, the childminder, you know, sort of fall in the door, give them my three kids. And then I'd sit in the car and I'd be driving to work and I would just be riddled with so much guilt because I was like, these are the most important people in my life. And I've just literally spent the last hour shouting at them and rushing them to get their shoes on and it was just it used to break my it just absolutely used to break my heart and then I'd go to a job that did not light me up and then I'd come home in the evening and even though I was driving home and looking forward to seeing my family I knew that I was wrecked tired and I knew that I was going to be picking them up and they were going to be wrecked tired and I knew that my husband would come in the door and he'd expect you know us to just do all the stuff and the dinner and the tidying and all Oh, it was just so much responsibility. Mm. I was like, oh my God, there's just so much pressure. Is it really supposed to be like this? Is this what life is supposed to look like? Because God, it's hard. This is really hard. And um, and so for me, life by design is really about being the architect of what you want your life to look like. Like what if you sit down and you do that, have you come across the um what's it called? The the vision, the best future self exercise. It's a positive psychology tool that you can do. And it's where like you can journal about your best future self. So anyone can who's listening to this can do this for themselves. And basically you sit down and you ask yourself, you know, in 12 months time, imagining that everything has gone as well as it could possibly go. So everything has gone gone as well for me in my life, in my work. Everything's gone as well for me in my life with my family. Everything's gone as well for me in my social life and my health and fitness and my nutrition, all these other things. And um, you journal out what that looks like. And so for me, the life by design is being able to tune into all of those different elements of your life. So not just one aspect of business or one aspect of family, but tune into all of them and and construct a picture of how you want to spend your day-to-day life looking like. So for me, it means working less than 20 hours a week. I'm at a stage now where my three kids are all going to national school. So I get those hours in the morning time. I get from nine o'clock till about one o'clock. And then I grab a bit of lunch before going picking them up. So for me, life by design means working in a job that I'm super passionate about in the morning time only, Monday to Friday. And then being a stay-at-home mommy for my kids in the daytime. That's what brings me joy. That's what lights me up. Um, And then creating just other opportunities for myself inside my business. So a year ago, I remember doing a vision board and saying, I want to have more of excitement going on in my life. I want to attend some glitzy awards events. And I wanted to just be like hanging out with people who were positive high vibe people who brought out the best version of me 
And so I've started creating those things for myself. I'm not I'm not sitting back waiting for somebody else to do that for me. And I, I love the, the quote, which is sometimes you need to be your own hero. And it's something that just resonates truly with me because I'm like, even though I'm surrounded by love and I'm surrounded by people who want the best for me, they don't know how to do that for me as much as I know that for myself. So I create these opportunities for myself. And that's what I try and help other women do for themselves now, too. And by doing that as well, you're really helping your own mental well-being because you mentioned it there. You're being the most happy version of yourself. You're being, you know, I suppose you're creating your best future self um, and really, really, you know, I suppose honing in on that happiest, well, most well version of yourself as well. And I know we touched on why that's so important, but how do you look after yourself Um, because I know you're busy with your business, you're busy being your mom, but how do you actually look after yourself? What does self-care look like to you? The number one tip or tool or strategy that I have in my self-care box is I am really aware of the language that I use when I speak to myself. So it's something that I learned about when I was learning positive psychology, it was all about, um, you know, your thoughts, they impact how you feel, how you feel impacts how you behave, how you behave impacts all of the external environment that you've got going on in your life. So really, it all begins with your thoughts. And my self-care toolbox regularly checks in with my thoughts. So in any given moment, what is it that I'm saying to myself right now and checking it and making sure that those thoughts are serving me, that I'm not, you know, self-deprecating. Is that the word? I gave I used to give myself a really, really hard time. And I'm I'm I, I'm very compassionate now um, to how hard a time I used to give myself. I just feel so sad for this amazing person that was, you know, growing and learning so many new things and how much of a hard time I used to give myself. And so now that I've become aware of the language that I say inside my own head, I catch those thoughts in the moment and I often give myself alternative versions of it. Um, And that's a process and that's not easy done and it's taken an awful lot of practice and I don't have it perfected. But when I catch myself not doing it, I'm at least aware that I'm not doing it in that moment, if that makes sense. Mm. That would be my biggest tip in terms of self-care is just understanding what's going on inside my head. That's fantastic. And um, in episode six with Dr. Kira Belviso, who I know you know as well, um, she speaks about the negative bias um, that we have in our thoughts. So it is so important to be aware of that because your mind will naturally progress towards a negative thought if you don't catch it. And it will naturally just kind of fall into that, I suppose, trap of allowing the the inner critic as well. Like, and it's something I've had to do an awful lot of work on because I suppose like what you were saying earlier, unfortunately I was one of those reactive people rather than proactive. Um, And it was as a result of, you know, a very bad time in my mental health that I, kind of learned all of these tools and and got to know kind of my own mind and got to develop that self-awareness and um it's so important actually what you were saying there just to be aware of what's happening because 
like I think naturally it's just in your subconscious all the time so you're not really aware of what you're thinking or the negative way that you are talking to yourself that's it and like when you think of your mind 95 percent of your mind is made up of your subconscious mind like there's only five percent of it that we're consciously using so I find that just mind-blowing the concept of diving into your subconscious mind and messing around with all of the stuff that's going on inside there and creating new thought patterns and like another thing that's worked really well that sort of helps with the the awareness of the thoughts that you're having is another positive psychology tool which is focusing in on what your strengths are and a lot of us focus an awful lot of our time and our attention on what our weaknesses are whether it's in life whether it's in your work whether it's in a business you're building whether it's in your parenting whether it's in your like being a wife you focus in on oh I didn't do that well or oh I should be doing this better Um, and you focus in on the weaker parts of your personality whereas a complete and utter flip on that and this is again it's about being proactive in a positive psychology approach instead of kind of bringing yourself to a place like you talked about where you have to be reactive and that's the majority case for people positive psychology is relatively a new fad trend whatever it's a new new occurrence um but what you call when you can become sort of more focused on what your strengths are and look at ways that you can amplify them in your life you know, whether you're talking about life or business, like what's coming up in my mind here now is um, because I was talking about partners there is have you ever come across the, the love languages? Do you know what your love language is, whether it's physical touch or acts of kindness or things like that? Like when you can start exploring these different things and figuring out where your strengths lie, then like, you know, if your husband's giving you the elbow saying, Jesus, would you ever come over here and give me a cuddle? And you're like, ah. It's not my love language. Physical touch isn't it, but I show my love in different ways. So it's like you're just able to tap into the really good elements of yourself and your personality and amplify them, explore them, make them better instead of focusing in on the stuff that we're not great at because we're all human. We're all perfectly imperfect humans and we can't be great at everything, but the things that we are good at deserves as much attention as the stuff that we're not good at. Absolutely. And something Kira mentioned actually on that episode as well um, is that, you know, 90% of our thoughts or 85 or something like that of our thoughts are something that we had thought previously. Yeah, habits. So, yeah, if you are in that thought process of always being hard on yourself and always focusing on the negatives and your weaknesses or whatever it might be, then it just becomes a cycle of constantly thinking about that. So if you can flip it and start thinking about what your strengths are, you will then create a new cycle and it will be a more positive one. That's it. And look, it it all begins with awareness. That's the, that's the root of it. Because if you can form awareness of what that habitual pattern is that you've created in your life, from an early age, from things that you you possibly possibly aren't able to even go back and remember when that first started for you, but it, it's it's to do with the subconscious mind again. It's it's created a pattern that every time a scenario happens to you in your life right now that's in some way similar to that thing that happened in the past, you become triggered and you become reactive in the same way that you reacted back then. So it's just this pattern that keeps repeating itself 
over and over and over again. And like, this is again, where you, you make the decision, you know, people who are listening to your beautiful podcast are already on the road to making changes for themselves because they're taking in all of this amazing information, which shows that they can, they are responsible for making the changes in their own lives and they can actually create new patterns of thought, but it all begins with awareness. It all begins with being aware of it first. Absolutely. And that's one thing um, that has come up time and time again in the feedback that I've gotten from the podcast is that, you know, geez, I really resonate with that. You know, that I I always think negative of myself or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm. And it's, I suppose, it's just bringing awareness to the way you're thinking and the way you're talking to yourself. Um, Because we can be so hard on ourselves. Um, Like, I suppose it's your natural go-to. If something goes wrong, you'll automatically blame yourself. 100%. And the power language holds. We just, it's incredible. The power language holds. Like when I was um, working in my business, when I was helping pregnant and postpartum women, a lot of the job that I was doing was helping pregnant women prepare for birth. And this just reminds me of the language that's used around the preparation for birth. Often when we go in and we're meeting the midwives in the hospitals and we're talking about, you know, the process and preparing for it, it's all around this concept of the word word pain. How much pain can you tolerate or how much, how painful was your birth when we're talking to our friends? And that word in itself, all we're doing is deep rooting it so far into our deep conscious to have the, we build up then the association that birth means pain. And so that was something that I was working with when I was working with pregnant women. It was about deconstructing that language and replacing it for something else. You know, getting words that trigger you and that, you know, just give you that. You feel yourself tense up. You feel your shoulders go up or your fists clench or your jaw tightens or you your brow furrows. Like all these subtle, subtle um, body you know, the things that happen to us or our body language that's showing us, okay, this is triggering me right now. It's about picking them out and just replacing them with a word that's, you're not kidding yourself. It's just replacing it with a word that serves you better and how you think about it. And I suppose then this leads me on to my next question of when you are, I suppose, under stress or um, in a particularly anxious moment in life or, you know, whatever like that, if you're struggling, how do you then bring yourself back to that level of awareness and kind of ground yourself? Are there certain tools that you use? Um, and I suppose, what do they look like? Sure. Um, well, look, at I'll first and foremost say I do not get this right all the time. I don't even get it right half the time, but I think I'm doing well if I get it right quarter of the time. Um, and it's all back to breath work. That, the power of a breath just creates so much space in a person's life. It's, it's again, it's creating a little, a, a little vacuum. So when a stressful event is happening to me, if I'm able, and I, I have to say, I'm actually, I'm talking myself down here because I actually do do this more regularly than I'm giving myself credit for. In stressful situations, I just breathe. I just I, I don't often like close my eyes or go into a meditative stance or anything like that. But I become really conscious of bringing in a big, deep breath in through my nose, holding it and then pushing it out through my mouth. And I just do that a few cycles over. 
And then I just create a little bit of space in my mind. And then the thought in my head is, how would I like to respond to this? And it's as simple as that. And when I don't do that, then I'm a reactive, explosive firecracker that nobody wants to be next or near. (laughs) So when I manage to pull that off, I'm my best self. Fantastic. And I think you touched on something there. Your breath, like breath work is so important for an awful lot of people. And it also, it helps to kind of ground you and also allows you the space to bring in that awareness as well. If you can just kind of, I suppose, calm your breathing down, ground yourself, it allows you to, because I think when you are at that hyper vigilant state, you like, you're not, your breathing is not normal and your thought pattern is not normal and everything is just kind of flying around in a, I suppose, in an irate state and you know naturally you would be that explosive firecracker but you know it it makes sense actually when you think about it that you know if you take a step back are able to calm your breathing of course be able to be much more aware of your thoughts yeah exactly and I think it really depends on the circumstance of what the stress is happening like Mm. if it's a case that you're not able to move yourself away from the position that you're in as that stressor is happening to you, then that's your go-to place. That is the breath work in that moment creates that space. Depending on your environment and the circumstances and what it is that's happening to you, a great way to add to that breath work is to move out of the space that you're in. So physically to move your body out of the stressful place that you're standing in and move it somewhere else. Um, And if that movement can incorporate opening your back door or leaving your job and getting outside and breathing in the fresh air, amazing. So it it really is very much circumstantial to when the stressor is happening to you, because I have been in situations where I'm like, I just need to get out of here. I need to breathe in fresh air. I need to take the deep breaths. I need to take my shoes and socks off and I need to walk in the grass and ground myself completely. So it's about layering it when you have the space and capacity to do all of these things, but equally knowing that when you're not able to get away from the stressor, that you can do so much power and work in just taking three to five nice deep breaths and just having a pause. I really resonate with what you're saying there about taking the space when you're able to as well. When I was suffering from my very bad panic attacks, when they were, I suppose, at their worst, what I would try to do, um, I had a particular spot out the back of the house that I would go to and it just allowed me to get away from whatever it was that triggered the panic attack. It like physically put space between me and and eat whatever the trigger was, because a lot of the time it was very, very little that actually caused the panic attack, but just actually giving me the space to go outside. And then I would try to you know, bring my breath back to a normal pace or as normal a pace as I could manage. And yeah that really helped me putting that space um because i suppose it's almost like you associate well you know that has triggered me that caused the panic attack so you need to it's a fight or flight response as well part of it you know that flight thing of i need to get away from that mm-hmm. um but actually it's it, it i found it really helpful i had one this one particular spot that i used to stand near the near our boiler house 
and um and it just used to help me just get that getting that space and it allowed me physically to get that space but also the headspace of right I'm outside on my own I, I can I can deal with this now yeah absolutely and like that place by the boiler is lovely positive trigger for you like you know you associate that with a calm and a peaceful state and something that I've done um very recently that it wasn't in my awareness before I don't know if you've come across it Sandra is integrated energy therapy have you come across it or done this before Mm -hmm. so I would have suffered from panic attacks um not to a state of them crippling me that I wasn't able to move forward I was able to move forward but I felt like my insides were on fire um, completely strangulated and I've talked about this in our community in the Mumboss Network a lot where my throat felt completely strangulated my heart would beat so fast and hard in my chest it would be all that I could hear inside my ears and I'd be like everybody else and I, I would um, blush so I like my chest and my face so like I just felt like I was a scarlet beacon for anyone who's looking at me and anyone who could hear me could surely hear my heart at the same time um, but it's something that I have really worked hard on in the last couple of years through exercising my voice and sharing my truth online over social media I, I've, I, I'm quite grateful to it what it's helped me overcome for myself it's been a journey um, but something that I've been introduced to recently is integrated energy therapy and um, a fabulous lady her name's Maureen Grogan based inside in Ennis if you're ever looking if you're in County Clare Ireland um, highly recommend her in the Orchard Wellness Centre and she just has this beautiful therapy where she works she works down your body starts at your head your neck your shoulders your your belly she's working through all the chakras in your body and she is finding places that are stuck and she's shifting and moving emotions and um, blocked blocked emotions blocked emotions for years and years and years so I've just had I've been having this over the the, the last few months and I found myself in circumstances that would have previously triggered me enormously and I found myself coping really bloody well like so well that I've come out the other side of it and really celebrated myself my husband's like Jesus, I can't get over how you dealt with that. And I was like, I know, did you see that? And just been able to manage it. And I, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking the IET had a lot to do with that, but maybe it's been a process and a journey of all these different tools, because like you talk about all the time, it's about having your toolbox, your wellbeing toolbox and being able to pull from different things, different times. Um, But this is certainly a newer one to me and it's not positive psychology associated, but it's something that I'm like, yeah, that's quite nice. Definitely going to go back for another one of those sessions. Fantastic. I've I've never heard of that. So I'm very interested to learn more. So um, I'll definitely be looking that up after this um, episode. And actually, that is a lovely point at which to finish up today. Um, I am delighted to hear that it's bringing so much joy to you. And um, thank you so much for sharing everything um, that you have today. And thank you for being a guest on the Mind Your Mind podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've loved having our chat. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Lorna. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. 
You can follow us on Instagram at MindYourMindPod for extra content and some behind-the-scenes action. Talk to you next week, and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.